Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And today we're going to tell you some of the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals to look out for. But also, as you shop this holiday season, what Apple devices should you consider? Maybe for yourself, maybe for your family members. We have some macOS tips and some apps and extensions we'd like to mention. And who is the iPad for anyway? This episode is brought to you by our friend at Collide. And joining me this week is my good friend and my wonderful coverage for the last two weeks. Thank you so much, William Gallagher. How you doing, William? I am very well. Thank you, and you're most welcome. But uh, not to jump ahead and spoil things, the answer about the iPad is me. The iPad is for me. Right. There you go. That's. want to discuss that at length for sure. And uh, But for real, you know, I was out the past two weeks. You know, we, we don't want to spend much time on this, but my father passed away, which was kind of a, a crazy thing. And uh, that was... You know, dealing with all that. I'm an only child, so I was kind of really dealing with, you know, all the arrangements and stuff and had lots of family flying in from New York and other states coming down here to Florida. And service was last Thursday. And so there was really just not a way to record. And so we're we're past it now and doing as well as to be expected. But thank you so much, William and Wes, for, for holding down the fort and getting those shows out. Yeah, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Wes, well, I had a great time. I don't know what Wes did. Or not. <laughs> he told me things I didn't <laughs> I heard you guys were just trash-talking me the whole time. That's that what I heard. That did come up at time to time, yes. Yeah, yes. thanks. Um, yeah, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Okay. Sorry, keeping me honest. It's all right. Now, as we record today, it is before Thanksgiving. Supporters will probably get this episode on Thanksgiving, and then everyone gets it on Friday, the normal day of release. But correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you guys in the UK, you don't really do Thanksgiving, right? Oh, yeah, it's a big thing here, like Independence <laughs> Day, you know, we just can't get enough of it. <laughs> Thanksgiving and July 4th are the biggest holidays in the UK. From that, Truly, truly, yes. Yeah. Actually, I got an out-of-office from somebody yesterday saying they were away for the Thanksgiving week, and it was the first time I thought of Thanksgiving right. all year. Of course they're away, all this travelling you lot do over there. Why so, don't you just stay at home? Do you guys, there. So there, there, is there even like... Because I heard from someone in Canada that they kind of do a Thanksgiving-esque mm. holiday, but it's back in October, and they call it something different. No, 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 no. There's, there's no esque about it. It's full-on Thanksgiving, but it is earlier than the American one. I, I only know I know as much as this because it was in How I Met Your Mother. I don't know anything more than that. Oh. But it's real, <laughs> okay. yes. And I think okay. Canadians are annoyed at Americans for dissing their version of Thanksgiving. So I mean, I, I am not a historian, but I, I don't know. Like, what what is canada celebrating for thanksgiving now i know we have a lot of canadian listeners basic apple guy love you uh, you guys you, you could tweet at me what what exactly is happening on canadian thanksgiving i don't know what they do do you know what they do the faintest idea no i don't fully know what you do either i believe turkey's involved i understand waiting <laughs> in airports um yes a lot of travel unnecessarily Arguments. Um, I hear that comes oh, uh, a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Politics is always a, a staple there. I try to avoid that like the plague. Yeah. But listen, I don't know if you ever heard this, but you know, April showers bring Mayflowers. Do you know what Mayflowers bring? Uh, the Pilgrim Fathers. Pilgrims. Yeah, that's the joke. Did I get it right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Because right. the, May, the Mayflower ship, as we were uh, es- escaping your treacherous country. <laughs> I guess. Sorry. No offense. Well, some offense taken and yet completely understood so fair enough yeah okay. what a, who's your prime minister right now oh uh sorry what day is it um well <laughs> as we record wednesday maybe it's thursday do you have a prime minister though for real yeah we do actually okay, okay. um where's uh, it's isn't it northern ireland that doesn't have a government at all uh-huh. at the moment and they seem to be doing just fine i slightly envy them you know <laughs> No government. Now, that would be something. Anyway, we're not talking about politics, although we might talk about Twitter at the end. Not about politics-wise, but just is it uh, imploding on itself? But we'll get to that. Let's talk about some fun things like buying stuff for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. You guys celebrate those holidays, right? Black Friday, Cyber Monday? Yeah, it's fascinating, actually, how it's become a thing here in the UK. Um, I know Black Friday is the day after Thanksgiving in the States, but we don't have Thanksgiving. We've just accepted Black Friday. Um and well, you know, any excuse for a sale, I suppose. That's right. We yeah. like a bargain. Like everybody, everybody likes a bargain. So let's get into some things you can look out for on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Two five star reviews. I'm sorry, I've probably missed some over the last couple of weeks. So you know, just leave another one, <laughs> leave another comment, and I'll get it in the coming weeks. But Medi Sheriff from Tanzania, and they actually listen in Pocket Cast, but came to Apple Podcast just for that review. So thank you, and Team Bradley from Sarasota. I think he said he works at an Apple store down in Sarasota, and I would love to come visit. So tweet at me 
or email me something. I, I'd love to see you down there. So very cool. Team Bradley, though, that Bradley. sounds like a sports thing. It does sound like a sport. I won't hold that against me. him. Is there some football team called Bradley? All right. Well, I want to know if you're going to buy anything, William, because there are sales going on. It's Black Friday. And if you're going to buy something directly from Apple, nothing's really on sale. They just give you gift cards with your purchase, which, you know, can be nice. You can get a $50 gift card when you purchase an iPhone, $75. If you purchase AirPods Pro, which seems like that's an imbalanced amount, I would think you'd have gotten more gift card amount for an iPhone than an AirPods. But anyway, you get gift cards up to $250 gift card for like MacBooks and stuff like that. I always tell people, you know, look for, look at the sales. The sales are always great, but the sales you can get all year round. If you go to the Apple refurbished site, and I mention this because every day someone's born who hasn't watched the Flintstones, you know what I mean? People don't know. People don't know about this, but you can go to apple.com slash shop slash refurbished. I'll put a link in the show notes. And there are really, really good deals on even like pretty new machines. Like you can get an M2 MacBook Air, you can get iPad Pros and the refurbished store. I just find it to be a great deal to get stuff. I've gotten stuff there multiple times, comes with a year of Apple warranty. So you can look at the sales, but also always check out Apple refurbished. It's a good place to go. You ever get anything from there? Yes. And you've skipped over a crucial detail. The box they your device comes in isn't as nice as when it's new. It's like a plane uh, that is box. So, you know, that true. could... That, that is could, true. There was one moment when Angela was looking at what was... I can't remember when it was, but there was a brand new iPad out. But, you know, the way Apple devices, they get better. Uh, it was one of those cases where I think it was the iPad Air was suddenly almost as good as the iPad Pro. In fact, it might even been better with yep. it. And she looked at both and found in the refurb store she could buy the now old iPad Pro that was fractionally better for fractionally less. Yeah. So she went for that and is is very happy with it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. They've always come in really good conditions. Amazon also has refurbished, you know, iPads and stuff. I've actually bought my kids stuff from Amazon refurbished. It works out pretty good. But as far as sales, you can actually get an iPad mini six, which is the latest iPad mini, latest meaning like over a year old, but still hundred dollars off on Amazon. And so for $400, you can get an iPad mini, pretty good deal. And one of the craziest deals I've seen is the Apple TV 4k, but last year's model, you can get 55% off. You can get one for $80. And if you remember our coverage, you can listen to HomeKit Insider. We go into more details. But last year's Apple TV 4K model has an Ethernet port and has thread for smart home. So unless you specifically need HDR 10 plus or you're wanting more storage, this deal in $80 for a 4K Apple TV with thread and all that kind of stuff, that's a really good deal. And so if you were looking for maybe a secondary one or you've never gotten one and you want a 4K version, I don't know, 2021 version is really good. That's more than half off. I, I'm looking at my Apple TV 4K now that I paid full price for, but admittedly I've now had several years of pretty constant use out of it. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay. Yeah, no, they're good. Did you get one of the new Apple TVs? No, I, I, I don't know why I considered it. When you look at the differences for what I need, uh, there's no special advantage in although it might be faster. I, just, I so love my Apple TV. I was automatically drawn to it, but... I resisted, as I also resisted the iPhone 14 and the Apple Watch. Still resisting the iPhone 14, I see. Okay. Yeah, well, right. there's no point at the moment even wanting one, is there? You can't get them. That is true. So, the, the Pro models especially. You can get the regular 14s, but the, the Yeah, who wants one of them? No, it's <laughs> Pro or nothing. Uh, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you on that for sure. But one, uh, you can also get things like the AirPods Max for $450. I'm not sure... If I would do that. I mean, the AirPods Max are two years old now. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, William. But now that things are going USB-C, you know, might the next iPhone might be USB-C. The Apple TV remote this year is USB-C. I'm, I'm a little like leery about buying high-end Apple devices with lightning, like the AirPods Max. I don't know. I feel um, like I would wait. I would of wait. course, the AirPods Max have lightning. I didn't think about that. It's the two years bit now. I'm actually just moments before we started talking and I found my headphones with the wires all caught, curled up. I was thinking, I envy Stephen's AirPods Max right now. But not enough. To, I love my little wired headphones, but I'm not going to. I'm, yeah, I'm now tempted again, but I'm going to wait until AirPods Max 2, the sequel, eventually comes out. <laughs> well, and I think if someone's going to buy a pair of AirPods and there's great deals on all the AirPods, especially from Amazon, I think the AirPods Pro 2 are like the ones to get. 
If you haven't upgraded in a while or you've never had AirPods and you're wondering which one, I think the AirPods Pro 2, they sound incredible. The noise cancellation is great. They're obviously much cheaper than the AirPods Max, but also the case, the case having that U1 chip to do precision find my, it is clutch. And they're the only AirPods that have that. The AirPods 3 does not have the U1 chip and the AirPods Max doesn't have it either. And I've used it a couple of times and it's really come in handy. So if you're looking to get some AirPods Pro, maybe for yourself, for family or friends, AirPods Pro 2, I think it's the way to go. Did you get a pair of those? No. God, originally, I went through every generation of the AirPod, but AirPods Pro 1, I, I like them so much. I just, I haven't, and they fit my ear very well, which is a, another different thing. Yeah. I felt like it just, no, I'm happy with it. Did I buy anything? Well, yes. Uh, on Semi, on your recommendation, I bought an Apple MagSafe uh, uh, battery charger. I think you actually more recommended Anchor's one. But I, I, I know, I've been waiting to ask you this. Yeah. No way you'll know this off the top of your head. But in the end, I came. I almost ordered an Anchor 622 MagSafe battery pack until I found that it won't work with an iPhone 12 Pro, which is what my wife has. So I, I bought Apple's one instead because it was on sale, £79 instead of £99. Oh, and nice. the, my plan was that she and I would just share this, have a bit of a, a top-up when we go away on holiday so one what in the world stops it working with an iphone 12 pro which has magsafe and why well, doesn't it last very long anyway i don't know if i was talking about the anchor one or the mophie it was the mophie one that is too tall oh. the mophie one so is... now you're changing your story no no <laughs> i think it was in that video i talked about the mophie the mophie one is tall and it if you have an iphone 14 pro the size of the camera mesa the the protrusion oh, yeah. now one of the cameras gets obscured by the the mofi magsafe battery pack because it's too tall but the mm. anchor 622 the one that has a little kickstand mm. you can use that with the 12 you can use that with whatever maybe i misread at some point in my quite comprehensive searching i had this little table oh. of things oh you don't think i sorted by the wrong table <laughs> i did this once oh. a very long time it's probably safe to confess this now can i make a confessional or would please you like do. to move on no 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 please I, no i'd like to hear a confessional please 30 years ago i wrote a comprehensive guide to buying printers from inkjets to industrial sized um, commercial laser printers in color and at the time that was so expensive and i had a spreadsheet in excel with all the details there and then i sorted them by price and I wrote the feature based on the prices. That was the route through the guide. Sure. Except I only sorted the co the price column. I didn't sort the names with them. So I was saying this industrial printer is a bargain for $70 and things like that. It was all inaccurate. All the prices would have been wrong. Every I think there was one in the middle that happened to be right by pure fluke. <laughs> but that's all. Wait, so it went out like that? It was published? It was published. It's in print in a magazine. now. A magazine! Which is agony. Except nobody cared, which was really depressing. Oh, that is sad. <laughs> that might be the publisher went, yeah, whatever. No, not a single printer person complained at all. Wow. And, you know, I still steered people wrong. I'm just, I'd like to move on now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a tough, I listen, I mean, in today's, you know, everything digital, any mistake can be corrected. You know, you just yeah. put the updated at the bottom of an article. But back when things were printed. Oh, stop it. I, I, yes. okay. No, no. Well, I, I will admit, too, I, I can't remember a specific mistake, but I worked at a travel agency and part of my job was doing like page layout for the catalogs of trips. Oh. And we would go through just 10, 12 iterations of printing the whole thing out, looking at each page in detail, making sure every page number was right, every price was right. And even then, even with six or seven people looking at it, inevitably there would be some typo somewhere. Because, I mean, you got, you know, dozens of pages with hundreds of words. Like, there's going to be a mistake. So, Oh, actually, I tell you what, let's just even this up and blame somebody else for something. Since okay. I mentioned Excel, let's put this into my... We had a famous thing here in the UK over COVID where the British government was using an old version of Excel uh, to record data on a uh, number of outbreaks and things like that. And whoever, whichever department was using it, doesn't understand the difference between rows and columns. Oh, no. Didn't understand that there was a limit. They hit the limit on the number of columns for this. And so they were reporting, oh, the numbers aren't as bad as you think, because they were not being recorded in the spreadsheet. Whoa. That's what we have in power here. So. <laughs>
That's that's pretty bad. I didn't even know there was a limit. That's a lot of columns. Yeah, it's quite an old version. Uh, so they basically they don't pay for upgrades. The UK will spend billions on computer projects that then don't work and cost twice the price. It's it's the, I think it's the law here. But they won't but upgrade they to won't like update to Office three six five. You know. Wow, that is that is wild. William, you need to do a podcast where you just talk about the British government. I think. That but that would be good for me. I think if anybody oh. else, but I could vent some stuff. That would be hilarious. I think I think that would be great. But would you do one back about the American government because everything's no, fine in America? No, no. that it? that would that would be, <laughs> that would just get firebombed every day. Yeah, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that nobody would firebomb? I think about no, that's true. Actually, who cares about the UK anymore? Well, that's what I'm saying. I feel like <laughs> you could be pretty popular. But anyway. Uh, now that, but now that you mentioned Anchor, going back to that, I, I went on their website and they have a bunch of Black Friday sales. Ooh. Even some of those like big power generator, like big huge batteries, they have like hundreds of dollars off. So I'll put a link to their Black Friday page because that's pretty good. I also, well, there's one other Black Friday sale, William. But this is, um, if you can keep this a secret for me, just you and me here. Nobody. Else uh, actually, it's being delivered today. It was an early Black Friday sale, but I have a Google Pixel. 6a being delivered to my house today right that's less exciting than i thought it was going to be um <laughs> i'm not sure that lived up to the build up there but oh, um, sorry well i tried, I tried I, well i'm doing uh some work things and i and i needed oh and you need a doorstop or something or your desk is wobbling is it something i needed like a that? paperweight no i needed to i needed to test some things test some usb microphones with an android device and the the 6a it's like on sale for $300 on Amazon dur- during this Black Friday week. And so I was, uh, it was, you know, purchased for me kind of thing. But I'm going to have a Pixel. I'm going to be able to actually like speak to the Android versus iOS debate. I've not used an Android phone in years. Did you ever? Did you ever have an Android phone? Uh, not, not one of my own, but I've tested some, used them, been lectured at by friends with them. Um, it always comes down to the fact that it's Android. It always seems unfinished to me. Um, yeah, the hardware could be good or bad. It just you certainly didn't be able to use it. Uh, Pixel's one of the few names. Uh, Pixel and Galaxy, I think they're the only Android phones I could name. So I presume they're popular. I presume well, they're good. Is a Pixel 6... Um, do you say 6A or 6... I can, who can keep up with the numbers? It's a, six, it's a 6A. It's like the budget version of this year's Pixel phones. But these are the ones that are made by Google. These are Google's phones. And uh, I actually went to see a movie uh, last weekend and there was actually an ad for the Pixel phone. I had never seen like Google advertising its own phone like that, trying to actually sell it for once. But uh, yeah, there was an ad. So anyway, I'm uh, going to try it out. I think I'm going to speak to it and and come on the show and tell everybody what I think about Android. Okay. I'm going to try and use it. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway. Is there any chance? Uh, I mean, this is your show and you have me on every now and again, but it does seem to work out that Wes and I alternate. Wes and I think that's because you're keeping us apart. Could you possibly do that on, on the Wes episode then? Um, oh, you don't want to hear about it? You're saying you don't, you don't care about it. You don't want to hear about it. You, well, I see how it is. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, I can't think of a way out of that. That's just true. Yeah. That's just okay. true. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah, I'll talk to Wes about it. Thanks. I'll talk to Wes about my Pixel phone. Yeah, because he'll be nice. He'll be he'll care. Uh, Plus, I don't know if he'll be nice about Android. I think he has well, a very low opinion of anything non-Apple, but we'll see. We'll find out. But he does have a lot of experience with Android and PCs. I mean, he says uh, going back a few years ago, but he'll know what it was like then. Okay. That, actually, generally, that'd be really interesting. I'll listen to that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'd be curious. Oh, you don't listen to all the other ones. Thanks a lot, William. I realize, that's, as I said it, that's what it sounded like. But <laughs> I mean, exactly as opposed like. to trying to dodge the whole topic by being away, that one I might, you know, I couldn't be useful to partake mm-hmm. in it. But mm-hmm. um, uh, listening and learning, yes, sure. that's what Thanks I will do. All right, well, William, I would like your expert opinion then, because those Black Friday Cyber Monday sales are all well and good. But if you're buying an Apple product for yourself or for friends and family, I don't know. I feel like we should advise people on maybe what to buy mm. this holiday season. I think the hardest lineup to buy from, <laughs> I think the hardest lineup to buy from or for is the iPad lineup. I think, the, you know, especially when certain ones are on sale and not others. You have last year's ninth generation iPad sometimes on sale for like three dollars. Uh, that's not true. It'll be like two hundred and seventy or something, which is a great deal. But if you were getting an iPad for someone, William, I, I'm curious your answer for this. But if I'm going to get an iPad for somebody, 
I'm not getting like the cheapest possible last year's base model iPad. I just want someone to have a good iPad. I feel like I still am leaning towards the M1 iPad Air as the like the model to get. Like it has most of the features. You can use the Apple Pencil Gen 2. You can use the Magic Keyboard, although you don't have to buy that when you get it. And it's still really powerful. I feel like the iPad Air is still the best value. Getting a refurb model is still an option, or if you get one on sale, I think that's the one to get. I don't know. If you're going to suggest which iPad to get someone, what would you lean towards? This person, do I like them or not? Let's say you like them. You like them. Okay. Not, not a lot, a lot, but you not, like them. Not enough to spend my own money on them, but plenty enough to give them what I hope is good advice. Okay. Yes, yeah, yeah. There. You don't yeah. have to buy it yourself. You're advising them. <laughs> Actually, uh, you're quite. You sound like you're quite against the ninth generation iPad, last year's one, and I think that's still, you know, for the price, it's an amazing bargain. So there are plenty of people I would recommend that for. But if it was just what is the best most of the time, I think the iPad Air is always the sweet spot for it. Um, But then it's the use case, isn't it? Uh, If somebody's never used an iPad, then the last year's model is great. Knock yourself out, have a good time. If they're going to do serious work on it, the Air somewhere in the middle. But then if they're going to do very serious work, the M1 and then the M2, they're going to last longer. Um, When I bought my M1, uh, I could have bought an iPad Air and I hesitated because it was hundreds of pounds in the difference. But one reason was I knew the M1 would last me uh, uh, longer. So Mm -hmm. I'm with you, but with a slight bias towards the the Air. Well, and I think last year's ninth generation iPad, which will be the last one with a lightning connector, I feel like that's reason enough alone to not get it. I feel like we are now entering the stage of Apple products where if you can get a product that has USB-C instead of Lightning, namely an iPad right now, I think you should lean USB-C. And, you know, one of the things that I have to do for work is figuring out what USB microphones work with iPhone and iPad. And I will tell you, it is so much easier to just take a USB-C microphone, like the one that you use, the ATR2100X. Plugging that directly into an iPad with a single USB-C cable, USB-C on both ends, is sublime. Like, it just works really well. No adapters, nothing needed. As opposed to, if you try to do it with an iPhone, you have to get, like, the lightning to USB camera adapter, which that is still USB-A. And so the the adapter is USB-A. If you have a USB-C microphone, now you have to have a USB-C to USB-A cable or another little dongle. So I feel like just having USB-C on your iPad especially is uh, just worth it. Hashtag worth it. I wouldn't have agreed with you a few months ago. Now I think you're absolutely right about the move because I realized just in the last couple of days we've reached the point where all my lightning cables seem to have vanished. Mm. I can find any number of USB-C cables, but when I need a lightning, it's gone. So something's gone on there. But also just the other day, I needed to move a lot of video around. and I realized I had an external drive, USB-C. I popped it onto that drive and then carried that with me and popped on the bits I needed when I needed them onto my iPad. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't uh, an M1 with USB-C. That's so That's it. Yeah. Now, when it comes to stocking stuffers, I don't know if you guys do stockings over there in the UK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I assume you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, would say, I would say AirTag. Yeah. And if you want a big stocking stuffer, HomePod Mini. I think those are the two... Things to get. Yeah, 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 but HomePod Mini, big problem. What's Which that? color do you go for? I just do not know. That is a tough one. I, listen, I have a white one. Me too. I really like the, it looks really nice. I like the white one. The navy blue though, navy blue is a nice color. They have them in blue. I might, I might, I would do, I would do white or navy blue, depending on the venue you think, or the area in the home where you think someone's going to use it. They're going to put it in the kitchen. And that white ones, that's a little risky because, <laughs> you know, you got grease flying around, it's bacon, true. you never know. So I think a darker, like the navy blue is good. But I also say I have the space gray HomePod minis and those things show dust like bad. Like those get really dusty. So I don't know. But the, the white one is, it's a clean look. I'm down so, for the white. Well, when you talk about the kitchen, did you say bacon flying around or baking? That's right. Okay. No, you do. No, ba- bacon, like like the strips of uh, pig, bacon. You, you, you tend to throw that around. In, in your in your kitchen, we we make a lot of bacon. You know, sometimes you gotta you gotta get it on the pan quickly. You throw it around. 
you know? Oh, okay. I would have said I'm fond of bacon sandwich, but I've never chosen to go, oh, yeah, across the kitchen. <laughs> oh, is that it? If you have kind of like a ricochet thing, bounces oh, off the home part into <laughs> like the pan. Indiana okay. Jones whipping the, yes. the bacon, yeah. Now, you okay. said a bacon sandwich. Are you talking about a BLT? No. Well, yes, but without the L and the T. <laughs> is it just bacon and bread? B, yeah. Okay. Well, just, a BLT is usually cold, uh, isn't it? At least here in the UK. A bacon would sandwich be. is usually hot. Uh, and I, I like a hot bacon sandwich. Oh, so. okay. Hot bacon. Just you a, don't, a you've never done this. In all of your bacon adventures, you've never had a hot bacon sandwich. I mean, I've, I've done it where I'm making a BLT and the bacon was just cooked. So it was hot then. What are you heating the whole sandwich? Are you doing like, like pressing it or something? No, well, uh, British bacon is quite different from America. And uh, with America, when I've been there, the bacon's been quite thin slices, almost brittle. Whereas here, yeah. they tend to be a little bigger, uh, a bit meatier, if you like. So it's a full sandwich filling bacon here by itself. Wait, is that like the Canadian bacon thing where it's not really bacon, it's just ham? Uh, somewhere in between the two. I, okay. I think Canadian, well, I like. I prefer Canadian to American, but I like British the best because it's what I'm used to, of course. Uh, but also you can have egg on it. You can do vegetables oh, yeah. if you must. There are all sorts of things you can have uh, on it. I just don't tend to do it with a lettuce and a tomato. That's, that's, I'm not <laughs> Tomato, tomato, to tomato, tomato. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. Well, my, my, other, my last question is on, on helping people decide what to buy. If someone's going to buy a Mac, today or this holiday season and they're saying you know they're not looking for the most powerful thing so they're not getting a mac studio they're not waiting around for the mac pro which where is the mac pro william yeah the, the apple silicon mac pro is supposed to be out it's been two years yeah uh, it's been more than two years but people are so nice to apple uh sometimes tim cook said at wwdc in 2020 two years and we all assumed from then because he didn't qualify it in any way but then right. after a bit when it became up to two years and it wasn't out yet people say we meant two calendar years it'll be within this and now even that one's running out so you know yeah, i know it's it, apple failed it was supposed to be this fall it's supposed to be at least by the end Even of 2022 yes was so late apple basically total failure on its apple silicon promises apart from the fact that it's amazing and incredible and they did astounding <laughs> things still you know yeah over promised that's what they did yeah they, they yeah. over promised although i mean i'm not gonna buy a mac pro anyway but i wanted to see it i wanted to see what it was it was gonna be there but Same. if someone's not getting that or the mac studio I find it an interesting time because the M1 iMac, which would have been a great computer for most people, is now 18 months old. We have the M2 chip floating around in the MacBook Air and the iPad Pro, but hasn't come to the iMac yet. I imagine that would happen really soon, at least in you know springtime, maybe February or March, we get the M2 iMac. So I don't know. I mean, yes, the M1 iMac is still a great computer, but if you were going to recommend someone... If they don't care laptop or desktop, would you say M1 iMac or M2 MacBook Air maybe? Is that a better deal? It's tough. It's a tough one. I'm astounded that it's 18 months since. I know. That, that's, I mean, they're gorgeous machines. It was announced with the M1 iPad Pro back in April, April 2021. Well, I tell you, uh, although at the moment I'm using mostly using a uh, 14-inch MacBook Pro, my, ba my office machine is a, an M1 Mac Mini. And I had thought I would swap it out, that I would use, just, you know, plug the laptop in as my main machine. But I haven't, and mostly because the M1 Mac Mini has been more than fast enough for me. So if it's fast enough in that, and in the M1 Mac, iMac, you get a great screen. Yeah. I, I think that could be a good, good deal, even now. Yes. Even then, even now. Even now. I mean, you hear the hesitation. I see your point. Again, you can't keep waiting for the next new machine. You've got to make a jump. Right. Uh, again, we're recommending to other people, whether we like them or not, rather than buying ourselves, not our money. Um, <laughs> and it is a gorgeous machine. So It is. I know the colors, everything. I, I, I would say, yeah, I guess it's still a good deal. I've been recommending, because people are asking me, like, I guess now, you know, now's the time people buy stuff. There are sales. They say, what should I get? Especially if they want to get into podcasting or whatever. And I think the M1 iMac would be good. I think the M2 MacBook Air, if you want something that's not super expensive, but still somewhat future-proof-ish, the M2 MacBook Air, I feel like, is a great option. You got the USB-C slash Thunderbolt ports. You have a great display, that updated design. So, you know, it's going to be that design probably for the next few years. It won't feel like you have a quote-unquote older design machine. 
and it's a laptop, you know, so if you want to travel or you move it around. So, uh, yeah, I do think they're both good options, but I, I guess I lean towards that M2 MacBook Air if you can swing it because it is more expensive for more storage and things like that. Also, it doesn't have the old the wedge that the MacBook Airs had yeah, since no the wedge. start, and no I wedge. quite miss that. It is true. This episode is brought to you by Collide. Traditional endpoint security tools can make your workplace feel like a surveillance state, turn users and the IT team into adversaries, and ultimately drive your employees to work on unsecured personal devices. You don't want that. Collide is a device security solution built around honest security. Their philosophy is that employees aren't your biggest security risk, they're your biggest allies, and your relationship with them should be based on transparency and informed consent. Collide works by notifying your employees of security issues via Slack and giving them step-by-step instructions on how to resolve it themselves. Like if they were to save some unsecured passwords in a plain text file on their computer desktop, well, Collide will send them a message in Slack and say, "Mm, maybe don't do that. Here's a better way to be secure and private. For IT and security teams, Collide provides the right level of visibility for Mac, Windows, and Linux devices. And it can answer questions about your fleet security that traditional MDMs can't. You can meet your security goals without compromising your values. Visit collide.com slash Apple Insider to find out how. And if you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. I have one other one for the buying guide, and then we'll get into some other things. But when someone asks you what Wi-Fi router they should get. Do you ever have like a stock answer or something that you recommend for Wi-Fi? Yes, I, I, my stock answer is, oh, is that the time? And um, my stock thing they should do is have a bacon sandwich. <laughs> I really do not know. Um, just in the last few days, I've been looking at whether or not an Eero would solve some problems I've got, but uh, that's quite an expensive extension to a router and it isn't your answer to your question it's just i've been looking into this thinking well have i got the right router you it's it's black that'll do it's probably there's a blue <laughs> light on it how many antennas uh, does it have no it, how many uh, antennas yeah it has is that the time um have you had a bacon sandwich lately <laughs> bacon um, <laughs> yeah i think it's tough i've now gone with the whole ubiquity unify route and so like that is way more than most people should do and a lot more headache and stuff. But when it comes to routers, I was leaning away from Eero for a while because they were purchased by Amazon and, Mm. you know, who knows, you know, privacy and security. But when it comes to the options that are out there, I feel like Eero is still the most simple to set up, easy to manage. You can also get the Linksys Velop systems, which I had one of those, but... Those can get pretty expensive depending on what model you get. There's lots of models, so it's a little confusing for people as they just search for Linksys Velop. I do think the Eero, it's probably just the, the best thing to do. It has HomeKit. Get HomeKit on the Wi-Fi router, the Eero. And you can get the 6E versions, which you probably don't have a ton of devices right now that run 6E. But the new M2 iPad Pro has 6E. And I imagine the next iPhone will also have 6E. So future-proofing yourself a little bit. But yeah, for three of those, it's $420, but which is on sale. It's usually $700. And right now you can get it uh, for $420. Well, then I'm, I'm actually glad I backed away thinking I'm too confused. Uh, here's an example of how confused. I, I didn't realize that you said it, that the Euro is effectively a router. I saw it as, I have this router. What do I have to extend it? So I was only looking at them as oh. extension things. I could replace the lot with Eros oh, and yeah. give Amazon even more money. Okay. <laughs> I think, I I think you should if you, if you're if you're gonna go Eero, yes, I would replace your current Wi-Fi router with Eero, and then set up another Eero beacon or mesh systems elsewhere in the house. That's the way to go. That's the way to do it. And these really were. Everybody says that they're so great. You've yet to use them. Will it make a, a noticeable difference in my house? I've I have found whenever I recommend it to somebody and they install it or I install it for them, I don't get complaints afterwards. And that's something where when you deal with like Wi-Fi and internet, there's going to be issues usually and people are get you know, why is it not this or, you know, bad connection? And I will say, I do not get that with the Eros. When I, but, when I put Eros in people's houses, it's solid. Okay. You don't get any complaints, but that's not because they don't talk to you anymore. Uh, 
that could be true too. Or they can't because their Wi-Fi's down. Oh, so, there you go. You see. All right. <laughs> so I don't know. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, but no, I, th- I still feel like, and they have good deals going on right now. I didn't even realize until I started looking at it. But that's a good deal on that 6E system. Tempting. Oh, uh, we do have a rumor for the iPhone 15. Now, I think this is you on Twitter. We don't know for sure, but this is <laughs> Shrimp Apple Pro on Twitter. Is that you, William? Is that some sort of good place reference, the shrimp bit? That's the only thing I can think of. No, it's nothing to do with me. Okay. I love that show. I love the good place. It's a great show. Um, The iPhone 15 Shrimp Apple Pro leaker on Twitter has said that the iPhone 15, the next model, will have rounded edges instead of the hard fall-off square edges of the current iPhone 14 models and will have uh, titanium. As the material was it was actually a rumor for the 14. It was like over the summer, people thought that the iPhone 14 Pro would go titanium, which it didn't. And so now it's uh, it's revived again. Titanium and rounded corners. There you go. Yeah, actually, I know about this because I wrote the article about it on Apple Insider and it would um, shrimp Apple Pro. Okay, just coping with that name, uh, processing <laughs> that name, included photographs. And I, I swear, I was holding up my iPhone 13 Pro next to the pictures thinking, I cannot. Is this Emperor's New Clothes stuff here? But yeah, it does seem- everyone else <laughs> says, yes, they're more rounded. So, okay. It's weird, though, too, because the pictures, it does not look like the front of an iPhone at all. Or the best. Like, it doesn't... It's very strange. I don't really... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Shrimp Apple Pro. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see if he's proven right. Uh, now, I've been using Mac OS Ventura, as many people have, for a couple months now. And I've been using the Settings app a lot. And that's what everybody was complaining about. I have not found many reasons to dislike it. I've actually found things to like yeah. about the Mac OS Ventura system settings, such as... The control center actually lets you hide or show icons in the menu bar all in one place, which if you remember, like before you had to go to the Bluetooth settings and then hide or show in menu bar, then you had to go to Wi-Fi separately. And now it's all in like one pane and you can say don't show in menu bar for things like Siri or Spotlight. So I like that. But login items, I'm curious, William, I've experienced a login items issue where I will remove the things from login items like Google Chrome and Brave web browser. I don't want to, I don't want to those opening at login and I'll, I'll go to the system settings, login items. I'll click it. I'll minus it. So it removes it from the list. But then the next time I open that app, I get a little notification that says Brave has added itself to your login items and it's back in login items. And I can't open the app without it being re-added to the login items. Same for Google Chrome. Have you had anything mysteriously appearing in that login items just willy-nilly no i've had things switch themselves off and things like that but nothing well, that sounds to me like that's brave and google chrome being brave and google chrome i know nothing about brave but uh google chrome is um persistent should we say so i'm unsurprised <laughs> with google that chrome you need to basically like hog tie and throw in the corner in order for it not to do stuff without you knowing i mean it's pretty Pretty aggressive in trying to... Well, no, that's very unfair. I have a workaround. I use Safari instead. None of the Chrome problems. None Thank of them. You. Not Thank one. You. I to live for work, I have to use Chrome for a couple things. And so, I mean, what, what, what do you want me to do? I got to do, do it. Also, side note, I don't know if this is a macOS Ventura thing or what, but when you watch YouTube videos, William, do you ever put it in picture-in-picture? No, actually, I figure either I'm watching it or I'm not. And if it's, if I'm not interested enough to watch it and I can just put it in the corner while I, I switch to something more interesting instead, I'm quite ruthless about that. Oh, uh, well, you, all right. Now, take it easy. You're a guy, aren't you? Take it easy, okay? Listen, uh, full attention or not. But so I do picture in picture sometimes. Also because, you know, if it's a thing like HomeKit Insider, and me and Andrew are just kind of talking for a while. You can put that in picture in picture. You're not going to miss a whole lot. Oh, and sports events. I, I hear, I'm, I, you know, what I've, I've already said sports. Yeah. But uh, I get it that people can leave the World Cup in the corner while they're writing. Yeah, yeah. Look up whenever somebody does something, something, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. Do. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> well, did you know? So if you're looking at a YouTube video in Safari and it's playing, you know, when you right click once, you get YouTube's overlay menu. You get their contextual menu for like copy video URL, oh, yeah. copy embed code, all that. Well, if you right click a second time, 
then you actually get the Safari controls for show enter full screen wow. or enter picture in picture. And you can actually do the picture in picture right there in Safari just by right clicking twice instead of, you know, having to use an extension or anything. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just if you're watching a YouTube video in Safari, right click it once, you'll see YouTube's controls, right click it a second time, and then you'll see the enter picture in picture mode and you can uh, do it right there built in. I thing I like about Apple is that they, you don't have to learn things. You can just pick it up, get on with it. When you, you need to do something else, you find it does it. And it's usually reasonably obvious. It's usually where you would put it if you thought about it kind of thing. But then you get things like this where how can you possibly know that unless someone tells you or you stumbled when you were clicking, which I presume is what happened with you. Well, I think... Bacon was flying, you clicked twice, shock. I actually heard this tip from somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I don't remember where, but I think this is more of a YouTube thing than an Apple thing because mm. I would think Apple wants their contextual menu to come up first, mm. but I think YouTube does something to like intercept it and it doesn't, you know, and YouTube throws up their controls first. I don't know. It's, it sounds like maybe, maybe that's the deal, but uh, yeah, so that's just a little clue. But before that I had an extension doing this and I might've mentioned it before, but I use the Safari extension over picture. Overpicture, um, I think it's actually a free extension, but I'll put a link in the show notes. But Overpicture lets you just uh, type or just hit the letter P on your keyboard when you're watching a video, and it will put the video in picture in picture on whatever website you're in. It's at YouTube or like video just embedded on another website. Just hit the letter P and it goes into picture in picture. So Overpicture, great Safari extension. I also use Vidimote. Vidimote is a cool Safari extension that gives you more controls over videos. Like you can do 2x, or you can, you know, things like that where those controls aren't already built into whatever embedded player whoa, you might whoa, be watching. But hang on, by 2x, <laughs> do you mean twice the size of the picture or twice the speed of the audio? Twi twi <laughs> twice the speed. Twice the speed. Right. Not, Let not me twice. just point out there is a button. If you have something you're watching or listening to that you believe is better by going at twice the speed, there's a button called quit, which is an unsubscribe <laughs> and find a better alternative. Listen, sometimes, listen, sometimes you're, you're watching a tutorial style video and you, you know, there's a lot of words that people say. You're really just trying to get to that one factoid that you need to do the thing that you're trying to do. And, uh, you know, watching it at 2x, just letting, like listening in the background, it saves you some time. Well, okay. Here's a tip then that I, I admit I use. <laughs> if I'm watching a YouTube video tutorial uh, on the Mac, then you can use the J, K, and L keys that you would in the video editor to skip forward a little bit or skip back a little bit. So you've just missed the keyword you want. You can quickly skip back and catch it. Yeah, but how do you it's... know you missed it? How do you know you missed it if you missed it? By watching it instead of... Well, but... The, I see, mean, the, I've sat through something hellishly boring. I had a problem with my car keys, and I watched an entire YouTube video on how to fix it by some bloke who was just so irritating. And I stuck to the end thinking, please, you'll tell me. Then I watched another one by an even more irritating man. And then the last one, up came a woman who said, right, well, you do this and this, and it's done. That's I subscribed good. to her. Yeah, absolutely. I'll never have that problem again, but... I'm with her, so yeah. Okay. Now the J, K, and L keys, I always forget, but I'm just testing them now. It, it's actually slightly wrong, if you like, um, in YouTube. What it's supposed to be is that K will stop, uh, L will jump you forward, J will jump you back. But I think in YouTube, it's like uh, it controls the speed. So you're moving forward at ten times normal speed. You're moving back, and that's... you kind of you counteract whichever one you've just done by pressing the opposite. It, and... That's not what it's doing for me. It's doing the ten seconds. If I hit if I hit the letter L, it'll it'll fast forward ten seconds. J goes back ten seconds, and K pauses and plays. Yeah, it's working. Yeah, that's working great. And that isn't that like anywhere. Like if you do it in QuickTime or Final Cut, isn't it kind of like everywhere? Yes, it's a, I learned it in Final Cut, and I know it's the same in Premiere Pro and all the all your actual video editors. iMovie, I think, does it as well. But yes, I've been finding it in any video thing. It's just. Uh, some of them do it slightly differently than the others. It's always broadly the same, but there's what I can't remember which one now. I thought it was YouTube, but where you instead of uh, pressing K to stop, having pressed J, are you following this? By the way, are you taking notes over which letter? Well, no, I am because I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing it in QuickTime now, and QuickTime is is the behavior you're talking about. If you hit L 
when you're watching a video in QuickTime, it will increase the playback speed uh, right. up to 60x apparently, and then right. hitting J will, you know, do slower playback speed. And we are not at home to altering the speed. Of no, no, no. I don't. I don't, I don't typically do it. Just no, you know, no, no, no. You've it. admitted you have now. It's out. I, have, it's I do. I do. I do it every once in a while. But anyway, okay. Uh, so those are some extensions. I was curious. I wanted to mention a couple apps and uh, one like little accessory that I've discovered recently. Was curious if you had any apps that you have recently downloaded or discovered that you find particularly useful. But one is called Seek, S-E-E-K. I imagine this would work anywhere, including the UK. But Seek lets you take, it's an app for nature, either bugs or plants and things like that. But you can open the app. It opens your camera inside the app, and then you can point it at a bug or a plant, and it will identify the thing that your phone is looking at. It'll tell you the name of the animal and about it, or of the plant, and if it's poisonous or not, which is somewhat helpful. But it's a pretty cool app and very simple to use. Kids really enjoy doing it, you know, going outside and identifying plants. I think it's a pretty cool. Have you ever heard of it, Seek? No, I've heard of the functionality. I think it's in different things I, i'm i'm pretty sure i've seen uh, specifically a, a tree based or a plant based one that just does trees just as plants uh but no i don't know this one seek at all. <clears throat> seek is seek, seek is pretty fun you will find i'll put a link to that in the show seek is pretty fun and then another app this is a new app the developer actually sent it to me early uh, but it's out now available for everyone it's called zozo zozo and what that does is it's actually a third-party keyboard it acts like a third-party keyboard, but you can save links or you can do like a, a like just a snippet of text. You can do a URL. You can even do a photo or a document. And those can become shortcuts that you can access by switching to that third-party keyboard. And so if there's something that you type a lot, let's say your YouTube channel URL, and it's something you tweet or it's something you text, you know, people ask, what's your channel again? And you end up typing it all out. You can actually go to the Zozo keyboard and then just tap a button that you've labeled as YouTube channel URL, and it will just send the URL. So you don't have to remember like a keyboard shortcut or go copy and paste it from somewhere else. It can just like a quick action, send a link, a text, an image, or even a document. If there's a document that you use a lot, Maybe like your your sponsorship uh, prices or whatever, like for a podcast, it's a document you send often, then you can just have that and Zozo will save it. Go to that keyboard. You can send the document right away, either in your email, text, Slack, whatever. So pretty cool app. I thought uh, it was pretty fun. And then Wavelength is a party game. Wavelength is a game you actually play with multiple people. It's kind of like a try to read each other's mind game. It's a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's it's hard to describe on the air, so I'll just let you check it out. But Wavelength, I'll put a link to that one as well. One other thing, it's not an app, but it's actually a physical accessory, you could say. It's called a Wi-Fi porter, and the website I bought it from is 101design, T-E-N number one design. The website is all spelled out, 101design. But it's basically this little wooden puck, this wooden like... Um, it's like the size, it's smaller than an iPad mini, but it's like this little wooden thing. It has a Wi-Fi symbol on it and a place to put a QR code and you can program it to have, to connect people to your Wi-Fi network at your home or your office. You might see this in like cafes and such, but basically you go to this little wooden thing. It looks really nice sitting on a table or in your kitchen. An iPhone user can scan the QR code and connect directly to your Wi-Fi network. They don't have to put in the password. They don't even have to go to their Wi-Fi settings. Just a little pop-up comes up after scanning the QR code that says, do you want to join this network? They tap join and they're on your Wi-Fi, all just from scanning that QR code. And you can also, if you have an Android user, there's a NFC side where they can actually just tap the NFC and an Android user can connect to your Wi-Fi network as well. So if you're going to have people over or maybe you have like an Airbnb that you rent out, getting one of these like little Wi-Fi porters makes it easy for people to connect to the Wi-Fi. You don't have to type in the password and you don't have to have your password like written out on a table somewhere. 
it'll just be in that QR code when they scan it. So it's pretty cool. Now, what, what you have a suggestion here? What is the what is Hookmark? What do you what do you Hookmark. have here? Hookmark. Uh, Hookmark is a rediscovery for me. Uh, they've just relaunched it as Hookmark. It's been rebranded. I've been using it for a year under the name Hook. So I may have enthused you about it before, but now it's Hookmark, and it's also available on Setup. So it's you know it's there if you're on Setup. You've already got this thing. Picture the scene, please. Uh, yes. A couple of times a year, I edit a magazine uh, of young writing. So I've got Affinity Publisher, I have the last issue, I've got the current issues design, I have multiple cover possibilities, I have all of the submissions, I have loads I've rejected, I have emails to do with it from the client and all these things. But now at any one point I can need to move between any of these things, but whatever I'm in, the email from the client or Affinity Publisher, I press a button and there's a little list of everything else that's involved in this project and I click on it and I go straight to that folder, to that article, to that email, to that application. You can hook all of your work together in one place. Um, so I'm never stopping to come out of Affinity Publisher, find the client's folder, find the issue of the magazine, find the submissions thing, check the accepted one, find the article. I go straight to the article that I want for it with two keystrokes. Um, I found it, it took me a while to get to understand how to set it up. Uh, and then unfortunately, once you've done it, it's become such second nature that you forget how you set it up. You just know it's all working, which is great and bad. But um, I'm using it more and more because it's been rebranded and it's now out and it's better and I love it. They even announced that it's coming to iPhone and iPad next year in 2023. That's pretty cool. Oh, I didn't really. Oh, well, interesting. One thing I talked to the uh, developer about this, because uh, one thing I wanted to use it was in OmniFocus, my to-do app. And he was explaining that I can do exactly that. So I have um, a particular task that recurs uh, where I, I check my bank balances and things across my accounts, freelance writer, running the business, all that stuff. Very bad with money also helps. But there's my recurring task check balances i open up that and there's a little note in it with some notes i need to know and also now these hook links so i just click on one and it goes straight off uh open safari goes to the website mostly logs me in it's a bank so you don't want to be logged in all the way automatically right. but it will just take me to that and when that's done there's the next one on the list and you just zoom through it and because it's a recurring task that link is always there every time i need it i never have to go check one password and remember which account is what i just go to it quickly but also know you've done it because it's all in one place and it's sorted so um i, I couldn't i'm delighted that it's on setup as well because i think everybody should have hook mark oh man that's pretty good maybe i need to sign up for setup again and I, i've not signed up for a while but there's so many good utilities there i should say uh, you can just get hookmark uh, directly and in fact that's what i did before when it was hook so uh, right at the moment well i do have set up at the moment so uh, i have it on one machine as hookmark and on my old machine as hook and i should probably sort that out <laughs> you have all these options now. very cool well lastly i just wanted to touch on this article because this was apple commentator he's actually an ex apple executive but jean-louis gasset and basically said that the iPad is failing and it's clear that he doesn't know what the iPad is for and that maybe there, it doesn't have a purpose. And so he has decided that nobody knows what the iPad is for and that therefore <laughs> it is failing, uh, you know, 12 years after launch and things like that. Yeah, he was pretty down on it. I know you had a bunch of pull quotes and it was like, man, why is he so mad about this thing? He doesn't have to buy one. Like no one's... No. <laughs> It's like forcing him to use it. It is a question that keeps coming up. I, I've seen some videos from different YouTubers and the M2 iPad Pro has raised the question again, like what makes this device pro as opposed to other pro devices? Why is it a pro versus the iPad Air, which it really doesn't run any kind of different software. Even if it's a tiny bit faster, it's not really noticeable. Like what makes it a pro? So I feel like there's this question again, circling like why iPad? Who is it for? What does it matter? And yeah, you know, I talk about it every week, it seems like, and I post a picture on Twitter all the time, but I edit three to four podcasts a week on iPad. And it is where I prefer to do it the most. I do it the fastest. And it is like, even if that was the one productive use case for it, that is enough for me because it saves me that much time and it, yeah. you know, literally is that much work. I know there are artists out there, digital artists uh, that will use it for drawing. 
And people love it, you know, just the UI and the operating system as opposed to Mac. People enjoy writing it or whatever. But I don't know. I feel like it's it's silly that this question still comes up. And I also was even watching uh, my wife. So I gave her my M1 iPad Pro 12.9 inch. Sorry, William. I know you thought that was going to you, but. I, I have been waiting at the door, but all right. I know, fine. so sorry, yeah. very sorry. You gave it to her. <laughs> I gave it to her, but she plays the flute in an orchestra, and the they send the sheet music digitally through like Google Drive links or whatever. And so she is using the Fourscore app on her big iPad. She's downloading all this sheet music. She's going to annotate it with the Apple Pencil, and she's going to practice right from the iPad. And like yeah. all of that together... That's not even something, you know, editing podcasts, you could argue you can do it in Logic Pro or you can do it in Adobe Audition. And it's maybe even a better experience for some people or a more powerful experience. Her use case of this digital sheet music, that is not something that a laptop could do. Like you can't put a laptop on a music stand in the proper orientation and play from mm. it and like change the pages easily and all that. And so for her using it for digital sheet music and annotating with a pencil. Like it is an ideal form factor for that niche as well. And yes, it's niche and maybe editing podcasts on it is niche, but if there's enough niche workflows, like I think it proves it's worth. I don't know. What do you think? William? Uh, so much. I think so much. I, I, I'm actually, I'm a fan of Jean-Luc Yassi. I think he's very clever, very funny, but this time he phoned this one in, dear, because he quotes Steve Jobs, but he misquotes Steve Jobs. And he also describes the quote. He says that Steve Jobs said this thing about, um, you remember the very launch of the iPad? Uh, there was this third class of device. It comes in between yeah. a phone and a clapper. Uh, uh, Steve Jobs hemmed and hawed about this. And no, he was full on typical Steve Jobs. It must do this and this. This does it. We've solved it done and and the fact that he had to bend a quote and then close to misattributed it was just really i I felt offended reading that because i remembered the speech for it and i checked to make sure i was right and then it it goes off to this tirade that bounces off into stage manager is rubbish and things like that and actually the ipad's like the surface pro and i felt like all you're doing you're just trying to fill up space here you don't really (laughs) believe this nonsense yeah if we if he does believe it I think the issue is that uh, there is no one use case for an iPad. There are myriad uses for it. Right. But I cannot see that as a failing. I see that as an amazingly brilliant benefit to them. So, yeah, I think it's very telling. Um, There's no competitor to the iPad. There are other tablets. In fact, there are hundreds of other tablets but none of them have anything approaching the success of it, including the Surface, which must be the closest to it. So, yeah, he's right that sales seem to be declining, but, um, you know, Microsoft would kill to sell as many Surface as the iPad <laughs> does. And I'm not... I, I love the iPad. I've bought several over the years, but it's many, many years apart. So I, I'm not contributing to the sales every year, but I'm a fan and I use it extensively and I will buy again when the time is right. Yeah, I think, you know, just because a person doesn't have a niche use case to use an iPad or maybe doesn't understand why others does not also mean it is a useless device or that it is not useful to other people. And, you know, I get it. If someone especially is ingrained with working on a desktop or laptop computer, macOS in general, you know, I think John Gruber, who writes Daring Fireball, he will often say if he had to choose one Apple operating system of the four or five that he could only use that one for the rest of his life. And he had to use, you know, uh, Android for his phone and Microsoft for a tablet or whatever. He would choose macOS because of all the Apple operating systems. That is the one that he's most comfortable in. He has like Apple scripts and all these customizations. Like that is where he's most productive. And if you're, if that's where you are and, and macOS and the desktop is like where you are the most productive and the most comfortable, that's great. But I also see like a whole generation, like my kids, they don't use a Mac. They only use their iPads. Like they each have an iPad. They do schoolwork on it. They'll edit videos in like CapCut and iMovie. They'll use it to um, like for entertainment as well as productivity and writing. They don't even use physical keyboards with it. Like I think my older son uses a, a Bluetooth keyboard, but a lot of times I'll see my younger son just use the virtual keyboard, even if he's like writing a paper. And that's just like how he naturally does it. And I feel like there is also 
maybe with him, like a generational difference where he, like, because he didn't, I don't know, spend his up and coming years as he became accustomed to technology because tablets weren't really a thing then, that maybe there's a disconnect. But I don't know. I see younger generations, and because the iPad is kind of like the entry now device, especially for kids, if it's in school or even at home, they're going to get an iPad before they get a computer. And if they're using an iPad for years before they use a laptop or a desktop, they might even gravitate towards it long term just because that's what they get used to and feel productive on. So, yeah, it's a bad take, uh, yeah. I think. Clearly, the iPad is doomed then. Absolutely. He's right. <laughs> it's it's over. Give it up, Apple. Yeah. yeah. Though, I've got to say, introduce your kids to Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro. Go on, blow their minds. Love those apps. Yeah, okay. I, I still hope for Final Cut on the iPad. I'm going to hold out for it. We'll see. Maybe. But anyway, listeners, let us know what did you get for Black Friday or Cyber Monday or are you getting anything this holiday season for yourself or for your friends and family? Tweet at William and myself. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes. If you left us a five-star review and I missed it, or if you haven't yet, just go back in Apple Podcasts, leave another five-star review. There's no harm, no foul. And let us know uh, your name and where you're from in the review so we can give you a shout-out here on the show. And, of course, you could support the show, get an ad-free version and early access when you support us on Apple Podcast or patreon.com slash Apple Insider. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.